Throwdown round is done. It's the Good Morning Football Podcast. I'm Kay Adams. Hi, Nate Burleson. Hey, Kay Adams. How are you doing? I'm awesome because we have such ridiculously prolific matchups this yeah, weekend. we do. Hi, Peter Schrager. Hey, Kay Adams. It's the quarterback weekend of my dreams. We've got Matt Ryan, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and you three, three of my favorite people in the world to talk about it. Kyle Brandt, how are those almonds? So good, Jean Dobra, Jean Cui. Yakshamash. Uh, Yakshamash is good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> GMFB Podcast, you guys can see us live yeah. for three hours every morning, 7 to 10 Eastern on NFL Network. We love the podcast, though, because we get to sort of take a breath, get off set, oh, yeah. wipe off all the makeup, sit, eat, talk. And Schrager, we've missed you, bud. Yeah, yeah. I've been gone since Wednesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, I've missed you guys. Here, here was the schedule, just so you listeners know. Thursday afternoon, I had to meet with the Falcons, uh, and it was a loaded schedule. It was Kyle Shanahan, Dan Quinn, Matt Ryan, Vic Beasley, Julio Jones, uh, Muhammad Sanu, Freeman. We met with all of them. So to do that, I have to be in Atlanta. Friday, though, we met with the Seahawks at their team hotel, an airport hotel. I was shocked they stayed there. I don't even think Pete Carroll was thrilled to be there either, but I think everything was booked. So they were staying at an airport hotel, and it was Pete Carroll, Chris Richard. Uh, Thomas Rawls, who, guys, is incredible. Okay, I, we have to get into this. Why do you, you are, like, enamored by him a little bit, right? Or disarmed by him in some way? This kid comes in, and he is wears it on his sleeve. He's like, I was undrafted. I'm filling in for Marshawn Lynch, and I am so grateful for the opportunity. Is he from Flint, Michigan? He is from Flint, Michigan, and he says it straight up. And, Nate, I, I don't know Flint, like, you know, I don't I remember the Flintstones with Mo Pete and Mateen right, Caves. Right, right, right. He says, I am not supposed to get out of there. We don't get out of Flint. You don't leave Flint. He's like, so I, it's house money, my life, the rest of the way. My life is house money. Everything here is not supposed to happen because no one's supposed to make it out of Flint. Nate, you lived in Michigan. What yeah. is that about? Well, listen, Flint is probably one of the most – I would say intense places I've been, and by the word intense, I mean kind of all-encompassing of the definition where everybody is on edge from the time you wake up to going and fighting for a dollar, feeding your family, whether you're doing it the legal way, illegal way, um, trying to get respect for yourself as an athlete, uh, as a community, and as a city. That's what I mean by intent. So people are always on. The light is always on. You know how you meet individuals and there's uh, something dim about their spirit. And you're, you're describing Thomas Rawls, and he's always on, right? Because you say he's playing with house money. It's like already seeing the movie, and he's seen this movie so he many said. times he said the book, in his He said life. the book has been written for the me. The book has been written. He so said that. Quote, really? And that's why that's crazy you just said that about the movie, because he's like, the book's written. He's like, I just gotta, I'm, I'm living it out now. So mm-hmm. it, for him, the book, is, the book is written, and the way I like to look at it, the movie it's already been played. Now it's just bonus footage. You know how you watch a movie and it's like, oh, I didn't know these extra scenes were coming, these deleted scenes. And you're sitting there so giddy because you already saw the movie. Now it's all bonus. Director's cut. And that, that is him. He's living the director's cut of his life, and it's all bonus footage, which is why I, I cheer for him, and, and I'm in his corner. So when I watch him on the field, I just hope he stays healthy and he gets everything he deserves plus more. I remember so, you saying that he was like a force when you met him, and the broadcasting team for Fox mentioned it too during uh, the game. Yeah. Lynch and Burkhart were in all also said that it was the most unique production meeting. So in these production meetings, guys – it's 
you have 20 minutes with the guy and you could ask him anything. And Individually, they each come in one at a time? One at a time, like a carousel. So, you know, Pete will sit with us and it's 20 minutes with Pete Carroll. And it's every question from, you know, how's this team's locker room, you know, after Richard Sherman has an issue, or everything. And they're candid. And there's a bit of trust in there that don't tweet anything, right. don't talk about it. Right. But when we get in the broadcast, you can sprinkle what we're talking about into it. So, for example, Thomas Rawls tells us, you know, everyone in his family, his brother, him, his grandfather and dad are all named Thomas Rawls. It was like the George Foreman deal. Yeah. And it was a great story. And we would have never had that if we didn't sit with him directly and talk with him. And then they went into what that means, that name Thomas Rawls, what that means to him. So we do that Thursday and Friday. Saturday's the game. So it all comes together. I'm working the sidelines. And then Saturday night I was supposed to have a flight out to Kansas City. It was canceled because of that horrible weather. The game was subsequently postponed. I flew out, postponed, postponed, early in the morning Sunday, get there do the Kansas City game, and then I got stuck in Kansas City all day yesterday. So yeah. didn't get into late yesterday. So it's been a lot of travel, and I've been blessed by the show producers and you guys who have been patient with me because this is my first priority, uh, at least Monday through Friday it yeah. is, and I've been on satellite feeds and in different places, and you guys couldn't have been cooler about Can it. Can I ask you a question, work? Peter? I, you know, I know you did the pregame interview with Pete Carroll, like the one where the crowd is going crazy, it's about, the game's about to start. I, I, I've never known a sideline reporter, and I have a new appreciation for me. I know, I'm sure a lot of people listening have watched them their whole life. Jack Aroots, John Dockery, who all those people. And, you know, sometimes they take unfair criticism for the interviews being perfunctory or the, sometimes the questions being vapid. I understand the science completely different. It's very sophisticated because you have a very small one and you have to nail it. So for something like Pete Carroll, when you know the atmosphere is going to be tight and he's going to be tight, how do you prepare those questions? How do you do that? That's interesting. So for Fox, we don't do on-air camera interviews with the coaches ever except for playoffs. And it's quickly. They come out of the tunnel. It's quick. It was real you do fast. Your, it's live. And he's you, so high energy. He talks so you fast. You do it, and you have to hope that they wrap it quick. And there's but two of us. But he knows he's coming to you? How it's does arranged. that work? It's arranged. The PR okay. guy will run him out. and Pete, But the Pete. question isn't arranged. He oh, has no, no, no idea. Oh, he has, I, I right. could have dropped anything. Is it, it agreed that there's two questions? And it's, you have 30 seconds. And so you don't want to ask anything stupid, right? Well, there's two things stupid. One, don't ask anything that's going to that's gonna get a bland response. Right. Two, you don't, you know, the Twitter mob actually does help because I see a lot of these sideline reporters, and I'm not naming names or anything. I think it's in general, and I've done it myself. You say, you know, what, what was it like in that moment? Or the most vapid general, like, you know, what, 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 what's about the confidence of this team? Like, yes. Right. And it's like you tell me about that defense. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's not specific to the team. It's just a general question. Right. So, How big of a moment is this? It's yes. Just, yeah. So my question was this: You're going up against the number one offense in the NFL, but you guys have the collective experience. They yep. do not. It's more specific. What in the locker room was the message before you came out here? And he answered it great. It was right. you know it was perfect. It was what we what I wanted. It was high energy. I followed up one with quick, and then I had to do this other thing, which is like a little element to it. I had to toss it to Pam Oliver, mm -hmm. who's on the other side with Dan Quinn. So I got this clock in my head, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, get it to – and the producer, like, get it to Pam, get it to Pam. Now you got to toss and it I over go, to us. Thanks, coach. All right, and now with Dan Quinn, Pam Oliver. And in that moment – You crushed it. And in that – yeah, well, in that moment, you're thinking, is it Gus Bradley? Like, wh uh, who's the head coach? Is it Dan uh -huh. Reeves? I, I, yes. I'm blanking. And who's on the sideline? Is it Pam Oliver? And in the and you're boom, 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 boom. So it is a skill. And I, I get offended because I think Aaron Andrews is one of the best – post-game interviewers you'll see. She gets a side of these guys that no one else does. And I check Twitter, and they're critical of Aaron. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that Aaron Rodgers interview. And it's even like the sports media types. Like, oh, he's like, you know, highbrow. Like, what's the point of a sideline reporter? We see Aaron Rodgers' personality through those interviews. You don't see Aaron Rodgers' personality through his play. We kind of have a feeling for Aaron because of the way he is with Aaron, the way he is with Pam, the way he is with Tracy Wolfson. 
So I take a lot of pride in getting the most out of these coaches and the most out of these players. And you're right, Kyle. There is a lot of pressure because it's the playoffs. It's the only game on the television. Mm-hmm. You guys are pros. Yeah, it was stuff. fun, man. It was so cool. It, it felt like a rush. It, it felt there was an adrenaline shot knowing you. I was like, okay, get Where it, was get the it, better it, energy? Uh, Arrowhead? Compare the two places, yeah, the two games. The Dome was rocking. Mm-hmm. The Georgia Dome felt like really? it was a college basketball game, and I'm walking into Cameron Indoor, and the yeah. fans are jumping. That it's goes indoor. against type, because Kansas City, the loud fans, Atlanta, you know, you know, but like, that's an interesting answer. It's not what you'd expect. Different. You're dealing with the elements. You're dealing with a nighttime game. Yeah. The people are drunk. They've been out there all day. The, the Atlanta thing was like, the second you walked in, you felt like you were in you know, Pauly Pavilion. The Roman Coliseum. It it, it was so enclosed, and there were so many celebrities on the sidelines. Like, you guys mentioned Future was there from Mm -hmm. the show. I don't know Future from, you know, from MC Hammer, but he was there, and there was this feeling of, like, Atlanta being, like, (laughs) Nate's laughing. You know Hammer. Come on, give yourself some credit. (laughs) This is why we pray. This is why we pray. Just to make it today. But my point being, you know, Roger Goodell's on the field. Arthur Blank is on the field. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's roaming the sidelines. Arthur Blank dancing was the cutest thing I've seen all year. Unbelievable. Cool. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it just felt like this is Atlanta's moment as a city, as everything, and um, to be there firsthand, to be on field. And I saw Michael Robinson. I saw Mike Garofolo. It's like the NFL playoffs are something very special where there's 16 games during every week, but when these playoffs come, the yeah. NFL world gets real small and everyone's in the same that. places. Yeah, I love the fact that it, we all are on different platforms, different networks, and we're all representing different teams. I'm talking about as media. But when the playoffs get a little bit more tight and these teams start to shake out now in the Final Four or the previous week in the throwdown round, you see this extended family of guys you know or maybe people you haven't met, women that you've seen on TV hanging or, or with, on other with shows. with Steve Weiss in Kansas City and before the game. it's a simple game. nod. It's a simple, hey, how you doing? But it, we are a family, you know, even though we're all competitive and we're all working for different networks. But it's cool. It's cool to see everybody that are in the game, players removed from the game. And we're all basically waiting for one thing, to see the best game of the weekend. Did you shake yeah. – any GMFBers hands? Did you kiss any babies? Okay, so that, that sign transition. Anybody, sign any body parts, anything like that? There were some really <laughs> cool moments of fans, you know. It, yes, there was a lot of that. But the, the, the craziest thing was, and we'll, might, maybe we'll get into it, I don't know. I don't like it when sports writers tweet about their travels. I feel like it's really like low. Uh, you're being paid to go watch sports. If you've got to be delayed for a flight, fine. American but, Airlines, how dare you? Yeah, Call yourself an airline? It's maybe the worst look on Twitter it's possibly. Awful. And I would never yeah. go public on Twitter, but I was in that moment yesterday. I was delayed eight hours in Kansas City in a really... Sorry, Kansas City Airport, There's it's desolate. It's not much. It's yeah, we're talking about this. I've never been. It's, it's, bad. it's very... It's the, uh, it's the best if you're if everything's going right uh, and you get there and you get on your flight. It's yeah. easy. There's never a line. Yeah. It was there's a, also nothing there. It was but. a hellish scene. I don't know that there's there's probably not a Hudson News there. There was. There was one. <laughs> there Hudson a Tex-Mex news. cantina, Chili's no, to go. No, nothing like Are you kidding? That. I oh wish. Oh, my gosh. Really? Are you kidding? You no. pulling up can see through the glass and see the planes Kyle, leaving. there's like, like before, one. Kansas before you go City. Not Topeka. Yeah. There's one coffee place before. <laughs> I'm saying I don't want the sports writers to complain. Here I am. There. There's a there's like a coffee place before you go through TSA and then it's just you know it might as well be the desert it might as well really? be you know Arabia you know it's like it's just the sand there's nothing, it's nothing there so so my point being my flight's delayed three different times I know it's not taking off they're saying there's engine issues I'm like oh that's reassuring great get me on the next flight so uh, I'm sitting there I'm not on the standby list everything's awful and some guy comes up to me and uh, you know it's in like a low moment and I'm not losing my cool I'm being fine I've seen a lot of people lose cool it's not a good look and I don't consider myself a public 
public figure, and it's not even going through my head. Just my natural thing. I don't. I don't yell at people like that, right? In that situation, <laughs> Nate and Kyle and Kay are laughing. You know, the guy comes up to you in Arabia. Yeah. So <laughs> on his camel, this guy comes up to me on his camel. He sidles up right next to me. Do you have water? And he says, "Hey, can we get a selfie?" And I didn't say hi. I didn't introduce himself. And I'm like, "Excuse me." And he's really? like, "He's like, can we get a selfie?" I'm like, and he goes. I watched the show every morning, and you guys rock, and you're funny, whatever. So it was a good, and yeah, we did the selfie, and it was great. And I hadn't shaved, and I and I was wearing the same underwear I think from the night before, so <laughs> it was horrible. But but Kay, the point being, I guess the show is resonating enough, and I've just got to always be aware that you know if you're gonna have a meltdown in an airport, or if you're gonna start, true, it's yeah. a good point. I, people good are point. watching, right? Now's good point. I got one, one last question for your trip to Atlanta because. You got an all-access tour to that new stadium. Now, that is unlike any other stadium. I can't that believe thing that. that they're building next to the Georgia Dome is like from Cybertron. It, it is a Decepticon that opens up like circularly through the top. When the plans out came out for that, that first rendition, you're like, that's not going to be a stadium. There's no way that's real. Right. Now they show it from the is helicopter Is that Dubai? Like, what? <laughs> right, and it's in yeah. Atlanta. So, Peter, take us inside that place. Take our listeners inside that place. Okay, here's the connection. Here's the whole story. Uh, Rich McKay is the president of the Falcons. He was the old general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He drafted John Lynch, who was doing our game in 1998. Ah, and he's an oil sultan, right? Yeah. So Rich McKay, who works under Arthur Blank, has right. been the point person for this new stadium. It's the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. No one gets private tours of this thing. Like, no one. And he invites John Lynch, myself, Kevin Burkhart, Mike Pereira, our ref expert, Pete Macheska, our producer, and Jacob Ullman, who is our executive, yeah. to come on this you tour. You guys had hard hats like we Bob the Builder. Up, they hand us the hard hat <laughs> no and the way. fluorescent vest. Right. They tell us to wear hard shoes. We all show up in sneakers. And uh, <laughs> you know, we go on this thing, and it's, it's a massive construction site. We walk in. This thing is incredible. It's not there yet. It's going to be opening July 30th for a soccer game, I think, is the first major event. But we got a full access tour. The scoreboard, guys, is unlike any scoreboard. It's not a freestanding scoreboard. It is a circular oculus oh my gosh. around the top, and it's six stories big. Now oh, imagine, my gosh. Imagine a high-rise. Really? Imagine a high-rise. Six stories. Okay, so a New York City They're one rise. up in Jerry's world. It's going to blow Nate, As a like player, that, that shocked us. What remember when you got world. a 42-inch plasma, and you're like, yeah, and then your buddy gets a 50-inch LED, and your Jerry's TV's obsolete. Yeah. Yes, he's got to re-up. So here's the story that, that like... Yeah, hold on, wait. It wraps around. It wraps around. Visually? visually? It's not in the middle. Players are going to love that. It's on yeah. the side. and the We room, love seeing ourselves on TV And, and on they've got day. all sorts of virtual reality HD cameras for the in-stadium experience. So you're going to have crazy views of everything on the... It's not going to be... That's nuts. All right, so it's this Oculus, right? And it's six stories big. That's the, the, the on-field thing. It also has an open-air piece to it where it's a retractable roof, and Atlanta doesn't have that. Usually it's this, this desolate Georgia dome sure. where you feel like you're playing in a spaceship. This thing's opened up. Here's the coolest thing, and I'm not doing a commercial for the stadium, but here's why it was sick. The, money's not an issue. Okay? I don't want to be like – Arthur Blank, money is not an issue. More like Arthur Blank check, right? Yeah, hey. no, no, I'm dead serious. Pretty so, good movie. So he saw the Santa Clara Stadium. He saw the Levi it Stadium. It is a good movie. It was I've great. Seen it. Dad joke. Mr. McIntosh. Um, so <laughs> you've got – You've got this amazing deal with Arthur Blank where, you know, he's seen the stadium out in San Francisco that Jed York's, you know, built. He's seen the Jerry World. He's seen all that. And he's like, I want the best one. He's competitive, Kay. He wants the best one. And what they're doing is because they want to incorporate as many fans as possible. They realize that ticket prices aren't the issue. It's not why people aren't going to games. It's when you show up to the game, you've got to spend 15 bucks on a Coke, $40 on a hot dog. So all hot dogs are $2. Whoa. All popcorn, $3. All soda, three dollars, and refillable. They're not going to go to the circus in the fifties. They're not trying to make money on concessions. They're already giving that up, saying we wow, don't care. We're gonna, so cool. we're gonna I make it the that. best experience that's, you can have. It's genius. Just pay for your ticket. Financially, it's genius. And too. have it. And you know, parking. You pay for your parking. So smart. You pay uh-huh. for your ticket. Uh-huh. But once you're in here, 
We're not going to break the bank on, you know, concession sales. On, the Aramark, on, you know. paying $14 for nachos. That's why you have a good time. Man, those so lines are going to be long for concessions. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh, they are good. And the last little thing was they had this thing called the Tech Lounge, which was cool. It's like in the middle of the second floor, and there's no, like, club access or anything. It's all over. Everyone has access to it, and it's all the TVs with the red zones and lounge chairs and Wi-Fi and all that it, It's awesome. And it opens next season, which is hard to conceive considering it, I walked in there. And yeah, it what did a, it look like? It was not ready yet. It's a construction uh-huh. site. They're still building. We're wearing the, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of work to be done, but it was, it was really cool. Falcons kick off there, 2017? 2017, next oh, year. You think for a player that there's nothing better. Yeah, to, to especially for wide receivers, skill players, maybe even quarterbacks when they scramble. But, I mean, there's no better feeling to, like, break a dude off, catch the ball, and you know you got space, and you're looking up, and you're seeing yourself run. You're like pointing to the screen, and then you're looking back at the crowd, and and then you get to the sideline, and it's not over. Like we love us some us. I mean, you know, straight to. I'm sitting down after we go over the notes with the coach. I'm looking up at the screen. <laughs> That's why we love Jerry's World when that right. stadium was built because it was like the 60 yards worth of high definition TV, right. and everybody's necks hurt after the game because even though we could watch the field. I mean, yeah, the field in real time, like real players, we wanted to watch that big-ass screen. Like, oh, man, look at us. Look how huge we – and we kept saying, like, throughout the game, as we're playing a football game, imagine if we were playing Madden on that. Like, you know, we're big kids out there playing football. So, yeah, I'm excited for this Atlanta one because, whew, that sounds like a Have beast. any of us been to the Minnesota one? I have not. I haven't, I haven't either. No. Nate, I want you to go and blow that big horn thing. You I did know, the flag in Seattle. they got to get you to blow the horn. I would love to. Mm-hmm. I would love to. What was your that. favorite stadium to play in as a player? Like, were you more into, like, the high-tech, cool new ones or the elements of, like, Lambo? As, as, I, as I got older, because I'm a tech geek, I, I wanted to experience all the high-tech, you know, cool stadiums. And Jerry's World was by far the most impressive because they had the suites that were set inside the ground. Mm-hmm. They had the cheerleaders on one floor, the go-go dancers on another, and then a dance team separate to that. You see, like, a little food market, and then there's – there's uh, all these different restaurants. Don't you like you, go through the cl- you walk the through the bar get, where people like, are like the bar s- sitting behind a glass. So there's it. a little bit of you that feels kind of like an animal, but then again, you're like, no, 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 I might be the animal. I'm the lion you came to see. Mm, like, uh-huh. So, so I'm let's a well put, compensated let's get this show. animal. Yeah, yeah, let's go get this show on the road. So I did feel I, I felt like it was the biggest stage because you know that's what it is. It's like a big talent show to me, and it was the biggest stage you can play on. Aside from all that, uh, it was Lambo. Mm. The, the the nostalgia and the feel pulling up into the city that felt like a town and the people the houses sitting just literally like yards outside of the stadium it's one of my favorites you can park sure. on the grass and yeah, everything of their front yard up, and there's, okay, there's like there, right? I love it kids yeah. they're like come on in, in do you yard. need a kidney eat a hot dog like what I love it yeah so th- those are my two favorites right there and then uh, the home teams I play for but yeah. that's a different feel because you say you love high tech stuff you were attached to some high tech stuff this weekend we will get to that in a bit but let's get into some of these games because they are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Some outstanding matchups. It all sort of worked out to give us some great football championship weekend. So let's talk. Should, what do you want to start with? Packers, Falcons, or Steelers, Patriots? Let's go Packers, Falcons. Let's do it. All right. I we're mean, talking about the Falcons' new stadium for next year. Why not? Yeah. That's the game on Fox, 305 Sunday. Uh, it's, it's, shootout. It's, it's, well, listen, we, we keep saying shootout. and you know, Oh, I, come on. No, and it will be. It will be. But Sometimes it goes it the rip. opposite of what everyone thinks. Yeah. But this but one ain't this, going. This the one ain't going. It ain't, ain't going to go the opposite. <laughs> but I'll say this though. One thing I I am looking forward to, and this is speaking to the defensive back safeties, even linebackers of these two teams, is that because we're talking shootout, 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 offense, 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 and just like every other network, we'll be talking about that all week up until game day. If you're a defensive guy and you make a play, 
you're going to stand the hell out. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's going to be so it's much be offensive firepower, right? Imagine a pick six or a strip sack fumble. Micah Hyde for the Packers. He stood out. He made he that stood huge out. pick on Dak. Even right. Heath. Who had uh, the, the safety? He had one pick, and then he had the second one. I was like, "Holy smokes!" And he had the right. sack too. This is the player of the game. You're right. It stood out. So when you see these teams that are so strong offensively, like if I'm a defensive guy, it's kind of like, all right, I might not get that many opportunities, but if I have a chance to get my hands on the ball, I could be the man, the man of the moment, and you'll stand out in a big weekend of big football. I mean, I feel like the name of the game is going to be keep away, right? Keep these quarterbacks off the field use that running game you talked about it you know using devonta coleman as uh, billick likes to call it it's true ty montgomery give him the ball more than 11 times that to me is the key because get the ball into either these quarterbacks hands and they're scoring that was interesting atlanta scored on their opening drive in seven consecutive games seven consecutive games so if they get the ball first and they get the ball last they could easily win this i think it's whoever has it at the end it, I mean, it was last week in Dallas for sure. It's interesting because we talked about this on the show today. This is a credit to how good these offenses are because Kay was saying, give the ball to Ty Montgomery more, run it. And I'm saying, I want Rodgers to throw it 55 times. Like, I just try as hard as you can to score 40 points. I don't know if they can run it, but you're right. I don't know if, if it's the idea of run, 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 and maybe the Falcons won't get on the field or they're getting on and they're scoring. That offense is that good. Just chuck it because you got to get the first to 40. I, I don't know. Well, let me ask That's you this, my- though. Let me ask you this, KB. You say you want Rodgers to throw it 55 yes. times, or maybe you Matt Ryan throw it 55 times. Would you rather have these guys, let's say, go 37 for 55 okay. or 20, 20, for for 20 for 30? You know, yeah. like, hmm. would, you, would you rather I have, want him to go 46 for 55. Yeah, you know, that's, the, that's, that's the most what these ideal, guys right? are going to do, right? That's like the Steph Curry numbers, like yeah. the most ideal thing. I think we all would want that. But the only problem I have with throwing so many times is that inaccuracy starts to creep in and arm fatigue. Like, I like it when these guys are – Crazy efficient and the big plays offensively from the wide receivers well, stand out, and then they Matt run the Ryan ball. because yeah. Peter Schrager nailed it on the show. They're going to score thirty points. They're going to. That's and, it. And I think Matt Ryan is the most interesting character this weekend because we know Rogers' legacy. We know Roethlisberger. We know Brady. It reminds me of when Joe Flacco was trying to like bang on that door and beat Peyton and beat Brady, and he did that one year. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do it. You have got to take him on head on. He's beaten Russell Wilson in the playoffs. Yeah. Now he's got to get through this guy. And Rodgers is one heck of a this guy, right? I mean, this is this is not an easy task. <clears throat> and we met with Ryan on Thursday, and he said, you know, I took a trip to Miami too. And we all start laughing, ha-ha. And he's like, no, but it was me, it was Julio, it was uh, Sanu. We all spent a week together in the offseason in Miami and just kind of got it down and, like, got chemistry going. And, and it made me think, like, all right. On like, a boat with, in Timberlands? That's or what like we were joking. And, he was like, and we were like, are you sure? He's like, no, my shirt was on. Um but this team, they knew like they were going to be good this year, and they lost Week One to the Buccaneers at home. Yeah, and I think everyone jumped ship and was like, "Yeah, this team sucks." Same old Falcons. They are a very confident team, and people were hanging off the boat even when they were hot because yes. they were thinking, "Same old Falcons." Yeah, and no, nobody was really sold up until I would say about week. How about this? I remember. How about the the Seahawks? Uh, the Falcons win the toss and decide to defer to get the, the ball. Right. Meaning the Seahawks get the ball first. When you have that offense, usually you'd say, all right, let's get out here. Let's just score. The Seahawks went on a 14-play, eight-minute yep. uh, eight drive to open the game and just beautiful. suck the blood and yeah. the air out of everything. And I thought that might have been it. I was about to jump ship there and be like, oh, my God. Here we go. Seven, there were freezing cold takes on Twitter at that point. Oh, a my lot God. Of like, what do you do? And they just they went right back, and they answered every time. They scored almost every possession. They we're so good on Saturday yeah. that I don't know how the Packers can keep up. We've seen Matty Ice like catch Rogers. fire before. We've seen we've seen Matt Ryan play well before. 
But there's something different about his comfort level within this system that Kyle Shanahan is running. When you look at him, and I think we showed a piece last week with him and Kyle Shanahan sitting together, he looks comfortable. Like he looks really. You were really, really taken by that. I remember sitting next to you, watching you watch them two together. It was a Mike Silver piece where they were just watching film, Kyle and Matt, and going over film together, right? And Nate just said, "Look at them! Just look at them!" Yeah, Matt like Ryan doesn't bros. want him to yeah. go anywhere. I remember and, and that, that. And that's that's a big deal because having comfort within your you know your system, but having comfort with your coordinator, it's like the last thing you have to worry about. We've seen inconsistencies at the quarterback position because some of these QBs. To be honest, they just don't quite have the package down. They don't quite have the they playbook down. They don't buy down. in. So that, they either don't buy in or it just time hasn't set in enough to where they know it like the back of their hand. To Peter's point, the life sucked out of the stadium, long drive, looks like Seattle's going to run away with this thing. Matt Ryan says, nah, like I know my system. I know my guys. Hey, guys, let's get back on the field. Let's just do what we do. There's no panic. Like they're running that offense like, you know, fluid. So I'm excited because Aaron Rodgers has been in that zone for a handful of years. So this is this is where the heads meet in one, this game. One question for Peter, because you've you've spent time with this team a lot this mm-hmm. season. Kyle brings up a great point on the show of I want to see like aggressive like some attitude it, out of them. I That's just, what I do they? I want to see a little Miami Hurricanes with my Atlanta Falcons. You know what I'm saying? A little bit do of Do they that. have that trigger? Yeah, they do. I, I mean I understand what you're saying, but like the Rams won a Super Bowl in ninety nine and I, I don't know if you remember their defensive Dre Bly and you know Grant, sure. Grant Winstrom. Like this is an offensive team. Mm-hmm. And an offensive team is gonna pound you with the run, which they do. And they've got a guy, number 22, Keanu Neal, who is an absolute assassin at safety. I don't know what Somebody else YouTube Keanu Neal and uh, Mike Evans hit. It's insane. I mean, yeah. it's a great, great hit. Go find his Willie Sneed hit week 17. I don't think Willie Sneed's walking it right now. By the way, he hit Derrick Henry in college. Find that one, too, because Derrick be Henry's a big dude. 22 and 24, right? It's yeah. 22 yeah. on defense Free, and then 24 Freeman. Freeman. He runs so Angry KB, you talk about it all the time, and we see him run. And as we're reading knowledge, we get so excited. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's really strong runners and good runners, and then there's like a very unique class of running backs that are the angry who runners. Are some of them? Well, I, my favorite ever of this era, at least, has been Ahmad Bradshaw, who was very little yeah. and very angry. And when he yeah. got to the end zone, he was almost like pissed off. And he jump and spike. Yeah. He jump and spike it between his legs. Like yeah. I wouldn't categorize Le'Veon Bell as good as he is. Is not an angry runner. He's not. But Marshawn is an angry runner. Devontae Freeman is a furious runner. Furious. Yeah, you're like, dude, come down. And then he's like, no. Like he gets he gets the end zone and it's not hugs and dancing. It's almost like he's coming down from this rage. It's my favorite type of running back. So I love Devontae. Because Tevin Coleman is not angry. Right. He's talented. He looks like a track star. But then you give it to that little ball of hate where in number 24, and it's like he's gonna hurt somebody. I love it. This team runs the Dan Quinn off defense, which is the same thing that Legion of Boom is around forever. And I was in their facility at 8 a.m. I was on our show on Thursday yeah. telling you they're blasting Rage Against Machine, killing in the name of on loop at 8 a.m., shaking the lockers, going nuts. There's a lot of edge there. There is something to the phrase that's been mentioned at this table is the same old Falcons. And we've been talking about that all season, especially me. There's something institutional that I look at them as. It's hard for me growing up. Dion was my idol. My whole yep. room was Falcons. I used to draw the Falcons logo on my notebook in class. I loved the Falcons. But as a fan, if you're listening now, they have a reputation, and it's almost like they're the NFC Chiefs. Like, they're going to be there, and then they're going to do something in the playoffs, whether it's miss a field goal or what have you. They're not going to make that last step. Now, I've started to come around. I was going to say, they just proved 
They did. All of them. I've come around. I cause, because week. that that game showed me a lot. They were that girlfriend, Kyle. They were that girlfriend. And we've talked about that. They showed up to meet the parents and they did everything right. They they brought the present, they did the dishes, they had pleasant conversation. Complimented your mom. They all of that. Help cook and yeah, And my favorite part about that Kate is they can also get a little nasty everyone went to bed. They creep down the hallway into your room. You yeah. know, they did yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. I'm looking for You're more right of that, that is what I'm saying. Of course you took it there. Yeah. Of course, but that's what you know, it's, that's autobiographical. I know we're gonna do it on the show, but before <laughs> Coach Quinn seems like a badass. He's a man. The man. Nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy. The man. But like, I, I think the Falcons have the edge in this game. I honestly do. I do too. But he's so good, number 12. I know. I, I, it's, really and that's good. why I'm so excited, Kay, because. He's so great, but if Adams is banged up, if they don't have Nelson. It hasn't stopped him yet. Their run though. game isn't there. What would you can rather he, say? Would, can he compete with the firepower of the Falcons? Those shots of him yelling They're at Geronimo Allison were bad. I know. Yeah. I agree. I, listen, as good as Rodgers is, like we don't do a lot of predictions around here. I, I like the Falcons in this game. I think the Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. It's going to be close. It's just, the my only thing is if we go to the Super Bowl, this sounds so silly, and the Falcons fans here might burn our pocket. It's the podcast. The Super Bowl has a different feel. How do you when burn a podcast? I don't, I don't know. know. The Super Bowl might, might have a different feel if it's the Packers with Rodgers versus Brady. That's the ultimate. Than, in, than the Falcons. Yeah. It shouldn't matter, but I remember when the Ravens were playing the Patriots. Yes, it matters. You want Rodgers and Brady. You want who's the best quarterback. Who is the best, this one or that one? And Matt Ryan can make the argument, but it's just not. he's not in the same conversation. The, the Connor would be, no, come on. You want the best two teams no matter what. But we in the media can get caught up in that. If you're sitting at home, yeah, screw Brady. We've seen him enough times. Never around Rodgers. Is Let's there a New England blood. fatigue maybe a little bit? No, sure. I want Brady against Rodgers. Yeah. If it's Brady against Matt Ryan, I won't be nearly as excited. You don't think so? No. Take that The way back. Kate just said We're it, I, get- it sounded right. <laughs> You, we, the Falcons are so it's fun, not, though. It's not, but it's not, it's not about... It's not okay, nearly as exciting. It's not about Brady versus Matt Ryan. It's about explosion in a Super Bowl. You want to see highlights. You want to no, see Matt, playmaking. No, it's, Julio like, Jones in the Super Bowl is pretty cool. Jordy's out. Like Jordy is the best receiver, and Devontae's banged up. You want to see... The Packers go in with a few of their weapons. Jordy could be back for Super Bowl. He, he could be, but he's broken ribs. Weeks. You take one hit, them broken ribs. Jordy's going to sit his ass right back on the sideline. All the I more guarantee it. of a story. That means I'd for, rather for, have for five days. Kay, we're going to be talking about Jordy, Jordy Nelson's ribs. Yeah, I'd rather Dwight have Freeney's ankle. <laughs> I'd rather have that. <laughs> yeah, or, exactly. Oh my god. Or are we yeah, talking that? about is Rogers a better quarterback than Tom Brady? What what would a win in the Super Bowl in Houston over Tom Brady that make Rogers the best of his generation legacy? That's fine, but I don't think I think I don't <laughs> think fine. I don't think they would bring up that. I think I I think that everybody already agrees that Tom Brady is the best quarterback. Not at no. all. What that I you, do. We've had this argument, <laughs> Nate. So you're saying Rodgers beats guess, Brady? I don't know. Did it, you it, watch? His, this is why we his, need the game. He gets his second his Super Bowl. Favor. This is why we need Packers. He gets his second Super Bowl. And he's in the conversation. So after LeBron won two rings, was he in the conversation of Jordan? Not LeBron had to win four of them things for he to even consider him to be as good as Jordan and Magic. Rodgers has a long way to go. The for me, the most entertaining thing isn't the quarterback conversation. It is explosion on offense. That's what, that what makes a fun Super Bowl for me. I'm sorry. Did you see the pass to Jared Cook? Did you see it? Do you need me to I, run it back? pass to Richard Rodgers? But you're talking about Richard Rodgers, Cook, Cobb, ha, and maybe Adams and Geronimo Mileson versus Muhammad Sanu, Julio Jones, Taylor Gabriel, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. Like It's a different group. Now, I'm not saying I'd rather see one over the other. I'm just saying you can't knock Atlanta because that could be I'm not knocking equally, Atlanta equally for play exciting making game. ability or loaded offense. I'm knocking it because it's Matt Ryan the over, sex factor. I mean, over look, Rodgers. I, see, I like that from a storyline perspective. But as a player, 
I want to see highlights. Also, if Matt gonna... Ryan beats Tom Brady, it's a great underdog story. Way to go. But if Rodgers beats him, it's, man, is he better than Brady? There's a cool aspect of this. Yeah, there's a cool aspect of this of either way where you can do it. But you do all the matchups. I remember always – I used to do an article for Fox where I would rank the best Super Bowl matchups starting at the conference championship. So you've got so many different permutations, right? I think Steelers-Falcons does not as much interest as, as Steelers, maybe Packers. And then you go Packers versus Patriots is awesome. Is Patriots versus Falcons awesome? Yeah, I think it is. It will be a great game. And All then, of them would be great games. And, and then there's you know this, this wild card uh, possibility of just Rodgers and Brady, and you're like, that's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to that Brady game, eh? Mm-hmm. Brady yeah. Roethlisberger. This is going to be a great one, and I'm most excited to see Le'Veon Bell because he's just ridiculous, and he's so fun to watch, and I could watch highlights of him for three It's like he stops, and he like takes out his iPhone and downloads Waze, and it's like, well, which Waze is Waze telling me to go? <laughs> yeah. Should I go through this lane on my left, or should I go through it's my like, right? There's a traffic okay, jam in the A-gap. Maybe I should check MapQuest first, and then he goes. It's unbelievable, and as a running back, it's the best. Kyle, it is the best. Well, here's what we talked about him is Le'Veon Bell shows some huge balls and comes out and says, I am changing the game, yeah. which is Steph like... Steph Curry. Right. I won one playoff game. I'm going to come out and I changed the game. And the funny thing is, I think he might be changing the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and the other thing yeah. I like about that is, he says that, and if you're going to say you're changing the sport, you better come out and have a massive game. And he did again. Back to back. Back Rec- to yeah. back. And we talked about this in the Over show. Yards. If you're listening and you played some high school football or whatever it may be, you know that after they teach you how to put on your pads, like where your knee pads go and your hip right. pads... They teach you, hit the hole. That's all you need Don't to know. Hesitate. Hit the hole. Never hesitate. All right, and then it changed again. Then the zone blocking thing came around, and what did you always hear? One cut and go. One, one cut, cut and go. go. The, the Terrell Davis, one cut and go. So hot right now. Le'Veon's 12 cuts and wait, and then go to the map quest and the Thomas guide, and then go. He should be tackled for a loss every single time. That's yeah. not the way you play the sport. So I think he is changing the but game. But they keep saying that they're going to you know, evolve it, or they're going to start teaching this in high school. Can you teach something like I that, or is that, that. Like, very individual? They said that Mike Tomlin was up at Michigan State scouting Kirk Cousins, and he was watching a practice and saw Bell not even knowing and was like, holy crap. No way. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, so that goes back a long time. It, you know, you think of like Arian Foster. And that's that when he was big. Like, yes. This is totally different. Yeah, and I, to your question, Kate, if, if you're a younger football player, don't, don't try to do what he does. Don't shoot 40-footers like Steph Curry, and don't right. wait around on the backfield like right. Le'Veon Bell. Your line is not good enough, and you're not good enough. So, I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I, I don't believe Hit that the hole. he's changing the game in that sense. But I, I do feel like he's changing the way coaches will teach individual players because KB you know like I was always a strider like I wasn't the 4-2 guy like I had decent speed so I had to be very efficient in my route running I couldn't be the blazer that can just run past you but when it comes to running backs it's the same thing you got the guy that has good vision and he can hit the hole and he can stride away from a guy but then you have the speedster if he gets a little bit of daylight he can go but he has to get in that hole first I feel like now coaches are going to like coach guys differently you might have a guy that's downhill and say, you know what? When you get the ball, Look go to both where both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. Go to yeah, go exactly where we're supposed to tell you to go. But then there's other guys who's like, you know what? You have enough speed and explosion, you can hesitate. Let it develop in front of you. Watch some Le'Veon Bell film. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can master the art of figuring out when that hole opens up, then you'll be really good. But I think coaches will coach different. I don't know if players are going to be able to do it because you need that toolbox. Yeah, the patience thing, we laugh about how often they say patience with him. It's a bingo board on JMFB. But I will say, 
when you get the ball, there's a clock in your head, just like a quarterback. For sure. You're like, I got to go, I got to go. The whole closing, care about the closing. Clock. And guys freak out and they just run into a pile. Yep. He doesn't care. I can't imagine doing it any other way. And did you watch Todd Gurley this year? He just runs into the back of his offensive exactly line. Exactly right. That's what he's told. Exactly right. He doesn't wait. Okay, this you... is, the bell thing is awesome. We can talk yeah. about that. But let's go to the Antonio Brown video because I want to hear everyone's thoughts. Uncan- uh, unfiltered, not on television, not sure. on the league network at the moment. But there's so many ways to unwrap he's this thing. He's smarter than that. What is That's he it. thinking? That's my whole thing. He's smarter than that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought because I saw him in the pregame, he's doing all the stuff, the dancing, all the stuff, and and I look at it and I was like, he had this scripted before. He's like, I'm gonna do. It's gonna be about me. Mm-hmm. This, I'm gonna brand myself. I'm gonna be. It's it, it's my night. And the post game locker room is making funny faces, but meanwhile, Tomlin's giving a very very candid, unfiltered speech, not for the cameras, right? And he's and he's posting it, and people are tweeting. Nate, I guess. We went through this with Odell and all those guys, but like I think we're gonna go through this a lot. Is now. this just is this I just the norm so. now? Like and he's good enough where what are you gonna do about it? Right? I think that's why also they're gonna hit him hard. I think it's gonna yeah. be penalized hard to dissuade people from doing it because yeah. they can't have it. Yeah, he is. The the league is gonna come down on Antonio because when I finished in thirteen, that's when they brought the social media rules into place and saying, Listen, you gotta you gotta wait at least an hour after the game. You can't tweet up to two hours before, none during the game. So we were very clear that we weren't supposed to league be on our phones. League or team? The league. In certain teams, you couldn't even use your phone inside the facility. I, I don't know how it was with New England, but from what I heard, there's on work time, you couldn't tweet or use social media. So I feel like with the new era of athlete, these guys coming in with 500,000 followers, I mean, they're absolute stars by the time they leave high school. And then they come to the league and you're a million followers and people wanting and waiting and fiending for every single moment of your life. You almost have to give it to them because you're addicted. You're addicted to the field. You're addicted to the stage. You're addicted to the praise. The league is going to have to come down hard and really kind of deter these guys from doing that because it's not something that they can help. And I know it sounds like I'm, I'm, you know, making an excuse for them, but no, no, you got to understand. Like, just imagine when you're walking down the street and somebody says, Oh, hey, you look nice today. Oh, that's a nice haircut. Wow, that's a nice suit. Look at those heels. Mm-hmm. You're gorgeous. Now imagine 20,000 people saying that to you. Well, imagine 20,000 people saying that to you when you Facebook Live or Instagram Live or you do a, a story on your, on your social media. That's, that's hard. It's hard for me to relate because I'm a very private person, but I am of their generation. I can compare it to this. I got a cell phone when I was really young, and we couldn't bring them to school. We couldn't have them at school, but I would bring mine to school or sneak it in or do whatever. And it was, if you have it, keep it in your backpack. Well, mm-hmm. I had mine in my desk, of course. And I had mine on vibrate. And I had mine on whatever. So if you and tell I would them send, no, 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 I would send my stupid text. But it's not even no, no, no that it makes me want to do it. But I would push the envelope and try to not cross the line. Yeah. And until my phone rang out loud in the middle of class and I got detention, then I just had always had it on me because it is addictive. Texting was so addictive back then. I think yeah. that's what social media is to them. So I think that they'll do it until somebody does sort of drop the hammer on them. And they, we're going to be dealing with this, I think, a lot yeah. moving forward. And it was the first time, I think, this – the Odell thing, I didn't really I, – yeah. I got it, but I didn't get it. But with Antonio Brown and just this happening over and over again, I'm like, am I so removed from mm-hmm. – from like I don't really brand myself, I guess, but it's like I don't know. I feel like how can they be that thirsty 
for this all the time where you can't wait an hour to get on the bus. Wait till yeah. you get on the bus. Right. Or being on NBC on Sunday Night Football isn't enough spotlight. Okay, being, yeah, I, I had a thought. All right, it is. I don't get it. It's, it felt sort of watershed for me, like a moment when this is the social network is taking the next jump. And I don't know what the numbers are for Antonio that's exactly Brown. What you, that's a great way to articulate it. Yeah, like I don't know how many followers he got from this stunt. He's going to get fined or whatever, but... Let's let's go forward. Where could this go? All right, I had a thought. So, Nate, you're talking about wide receivers, how much they like looking at themselves on the Jumbotron, right. and you're celebrating everything. All right, remember T.O. took the Sharpie out of the sock. Yep. What if you had a player who had a lot of money and said, whatever, I'll just take the fine. What if someone took a phone out of their sock in the end zone and live-streamed it? What it if they did it at the end of a play? The biggest It'd be the biggest thing, thing of all time. Of all time. Move over Kettle. If you t- right, if, if somebody like Antonio Brown, someone who has the balls, who's a little nuts, Kelsey maybe. Joe Horn style. Joe Horn style, except it was actually a smartphone, and as they're crossing the 10-5 yard line, took the phone out and started streaming, and then went live-stream, it would be the biggest thing I've ever seen in NFL in the media. And by the way, I don't think we're that far from that. And yeah. it, 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 it doesn't matter if they get fined, if they get in trouble for it. Someone's going to do it because the juice will be worth it. They just gave somebody their Super Bowl ce- celebration idea. What if they did in the Super Bowl? Oh. That's what I'm talking about. If it's Eli Rogers or Marcus Wheaton or if it's uh, – what's his name? Kobe Hamilton. They got some other guy. What if one of those receivers did this? Are they cut? Like, Or is it just because they Close don't Well, what does Mike Close Tomlin two. do? So Ike Taylor on – I think it was total access last night. I'd be night. curious. You know, Steeler guy, right? So he said that, you know, Tomlin's probably going to ban them from having phones in the facility or in yeah. meetings or wherever they are. But can you do, I mean, can you I do that? I talked to Ike last know. night. Yeah. He said the same thing. You know, I feel like this, you know, I'll give you the player's perspective, and this is what players are going to say. I know how they think, and I know how they argue. They'll say this, well, I mean, you, NFL, they, they stream everything on all these different platforms anyway, so how – how can they do it? Why do they? Why do they get to promote the game and, and promote me and my brand and make money off of me when I can't go in the locker room? Hmm. But but they're streaming the games live on Twitter and they're they're all on these different platforms. But you're telling me that I can't be my own TV, I can't be my own platform, I can't be my own brand. I'm the one that's on the field. They pay you a lot of money to play football, Nate. That's I know. I'm just telling you how that's players are going to argue. That's what my response would be. And it's a right response. And forget forget that. Just say this: the rules say, keep your phone in your bag. Yep. Unless you're talking to family or friends, don't live stream or tweet it's so until hard, you though. leave. It's hard because your phone imagine. is. Imagine they just won a playoff game. His phone is. I, I say Body's talking to you. His phone was like. Imagine AB, what their phone pick looks me up, like. Please. When you get back to the locker room and you turn your phone. Uh, it must be so fun to turn like, your phone. It's like on. dopamine. It's a, game. It, 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 it's a drug. Listen, oh. have you been on a, pl- a plane when you're sitting there on the tarmac and they're like, "Don't use your phone." You're using your phone. Right. I'm so excited to turn it on. So remember, like. Like I said, I had a cell phone. I bring it to school, whatever. Now, now, what are the rules at schools? You can have your cell phone, right? Yeah. You can have it on. Yeah, I, my I son don't has really it, and I have to pull it. it away from him. Okay, but but I'm sure the rules have changed. So does the NFL maybe have to adjust to the fact that they this do. is the new reality? They, do. Mm. they might. There, I think in that case, it kind of spilled over into Tomlin saying something that maybe he didn't want the Patriots to hear. But then there's another situation where the Oakland Raiders made the playoffs for the first time, and I just so happened to be on Instagram and M- Michael Crabtree's. Live stream came up. It said Crabtree's going live. So I clicked on it, and I'm watching him celebrate immediately after the game. That must have been so cool. From the TV to the phone. I was so excited. Yeah. And I don't get excited a lot, but I wanted to be in the locker room. And I just sat there quietly, and I'm I'm looking at his numbers rising. It goes from like 500 to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. And just people just sitting there enjoying this Imagine Steeler fans watching Antonio Brown. They must have been so obsessed with what they were seeing. they got to find a balance because you can't pull it away from the player because the moment you pull away from the player, you're also stripping something from the fans. If Tomlin Tomlin didn't say all that stuff on the Facebook Live, is this even a story? Nope. 
Not at all. Even that he said that, who cares? What is this bulletin board? Patriots don't need to hear that. Who cares? Well, the Patriots care. Like it's, no, they don't. Listen, I, I, if I'm if I'm going, I all right, if I'm, if I'm playing KB one on one, if I'm playing Kyle one on one in basketball, and I know he's going to be ultra competitive. Like I, I see it in his eyes. He's an athlete. I'm an athlete. But I hear him talking to his friend behind a closed door in his office, and he doesn't know I'm outside. And he's like, oh, I can't wait to get Nate on the court. I'm gonna kick his ass. He don't know who he's messing with. At I the got office. something for him. Who am I talking to Maggie? I got, yeah, I, know, right? <laughs> I got something for him. I got something for him. Yeah. I'm ready for him on Monday. Instead of me going into game like, all right, I already know I wanted to win, but damn, that's how he looks at me? It's a different added motivation. Just like Belichick knows what Snapchat and Instagram are. He knows that Tomlin's telling his guys. players don't want to hear other coaches or player. It's all, you know, guys play tough. Keep my name out your mouth. Uh That's what it is. Like, come on, man. I already know you want to win. I get it. But now you're talking about you got hey, – what you got, Tomlin? What I do you got planned for I think it's just as big of a deal as Tomlin is saying, guys, we're going to go play the Patriots. I guarantee It'll be this. a great game. It's the same thing because Antonio Brown's A, breaking the rules, right? Mm-hmm. B, not really tuned into what his coach is saying, right? I'll, yeah. tell, I'll tell you how much what Tomlin it's said is going to matter in bulletin board material. If the Steelers win, somebody's going to reference it and say, well, our coach said something. Right. We had his back. If the Patriots win – Somebody's going to reference it. And the Patriots do it in more of a subtle way, but they'll say, hey, well, you know, Coach said they had something for, him, uh, something for us. I guess we had something for them. I, I think guarantee the, it. I think the more interesting thing was that Tomlin was kind of saying to the NFL, why is this game being postponed? Like he said, this team has a Saturday night game, the Patriots. We had our game postponed, and the weather was not worthy of necessarily in yeah. hindsight. And that was more my thing. He was coming out against the NFL saying, look, the NFL is kind of stacking the chips here, and we have it up against us that they postponed this game, and they had us on a Sunday night getting home at 4 in the morning. Meanwhile, the Patriots have been in their own bed since 8 p.m. on Saturday night. That, to me, was what made it a little t- – he's questioning the league. And he has a valid point. He has a valid point. His guys have a little bit of a tougher role. But guess what? Steelers are built for that. Mm. Look at James Harrison. Is they- he so mad at Antonio Brown? Nah. Tomlin? That's his boy. That's his guy. I just think moving forward, every time he speaks now, is everybody's phone off? You put it on the table. Like you got to be worried now. The big brothers watching. Don't you have to be worried? I mean, I'll pop up an Instagram live now in the middle of a commercial break. You do the same thing. Like we 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 warn each other, I guess. But what a world! What a time to be alive, guys! Time to be alive. Um, anything else on this game? Steelers, Pats. Who can run the ball? Who can run the ball? And we Both. know we know that the Steelers can <laughs> we run know it. The Steelers can. The Steelers are going to run it with Le'Veon. The question is, what are the Patriots going to do? Yeah, How are they going to find that out? balance between who do, no, Blunt who do they and take Lewis? out? I don't think they take out anybody. I think they utilize them both. No, who do the Patriots, you know, Belichick's oh. famous for taking yeah. away who your best out? weapon. So you're taking out Antonio Brown, you you trying Malcolm to slow Butler. down. It's, it's a pick your poison. Le'Veon. It's a pick your poison. And I don't feel like I don't I don't I feel like you don't Focus on taking out both. And Kansas City tried to do that, even though Le'Veon had a crazy game. They took him out of the end zone. A.B. and Le'Veon didn't get in. So you just try to slow them down. You don't go in saying, I have to stop one guy, because that's when that's the other does, guy though. tortures you. We've seen that this year. We're watching the Steelers, and we're like, oh, looks like A.B. is not really getting going. Here's Le'Veon having a video game-like game. And then you see another game, it's like, ah, Le'Veon's having a slow start. Oh, I didn't even realize A.B. has two touchdowns in the first quarter. So just focus on trying to slow them down versus uh, uh, shifting all your attention on one guy, which is tough. The guy I'm looking at is Big Ben <sighs> on the road. Nine he put touchdowns. those splits up on the show today. He doesn't, he doesn't play nine well outside of home, huh? Yeah, it was 9-9, nine nine, right? It's ugly. 22-7 uh, and seven or something. One interception, home. no touchdowns at Arrowhead. How does that happen? <sighs> you know, he, he, he has more pieces now, so we'll see. How happy? How I mean, well I don't want to say happy, but 
there was a chance that CBS had Texans versus Chiefs AFC Championship. Instead, you get Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. It worked out pretty good for those guys. Sunday night, under the lights in Foxborough. I mean, guys, I don't get geeked often. I am so geeked up for Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. and into Sunday night. I think they're two amazing guys. You know what's crazy about we these go. games? We should go. We should go. It's right so there. crazy? Take like, the Acela. It's close. The you, could, you could buy a Delta shuttle flight for 90 bucks and get there. I only played in one NFC Championship game, and – I had anxiety. We were playing it up against the Philadelphia Eagles when they had T.O. and McNabb, Stephon Curse. Yeah. I was like, man, these guys are beasts, right? Jeremiah Trotter. Yep, yep, and they beat us. Uh, and I, I never got back to that point. So leading up into that game, I'm a super fan. I get giddy like you. I get real giddy. I get excited. Like, oh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. But then when I get to the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game, they're really nervous, really nervous, almost like I'm playing again because – the teams are so you smell good. It. You, it's so close. This is like it's it. so close, and I feel I feel for these guys because the teams are so good, and it can go either way. So I'm not as a fan. I'm like, oh, I'm indifferent. Oh, whoever goes, they all they all deserve. No, 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 no. Now the next two teams will find themselves in Super Bowl Fifty One, and I can't even find the heart to like choose and have a favorite. So I'm nervous watching these games. Like I'm that guy standing in the kitchen looking side eyed because I don't want to stand directly in front of the TV. And momentum favors all of them. Yeah, they're all playing hot. One of the crazy things about the NFL is that they there's an operations team for each yeah. team. So like you've got like five people who work on logistics, hotels, and the NFL does this thing where this week before the championship game they'll send out both the Atlanta operations team and the Green Bay one, and they'll do site visits at the Super Bowl. And they've got to see where their team hotel is going to be right. and the yeah. best route. To, yeah. And it's like, oh, can you imagine going on that visit? Dagger. And then you don't get to go. That's like, you insane. taste it. Like, you taste it. But the NFL has to do that because yeah. of all the logistics get involved. Ready. So, like, 10 people will go, and they'll walk the paces of doing advance work for yeah. Super Bowl week. Or covering the team. Like, yeah. covering, I was looking at, like, Jane Slater. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what a sad tweet, right? Like, But she crushed it for us, and I thought about it when they lost because she was doing the pregame. You know, for, and she was on and off the network all day crushing it. And she was, was on our show quite a bit. And I was like, this is her rookie year there. It's her first year at the NFL Network. She, she walked into a great team with a great story, with a great locker room. She's right oh, there. It's she's right. And it's over. She had a great rookie year, just like Dak and Zeke. And she was, she's the third. It's the sort triplet. of similar to that. <laughs> she got, I felt like she got eliminated. Dak, yeah. Zeke, and Jane. In my head, I was like, right? you know, we, we kissed off everyone and said, oh, goodbye. Like, yeah. goodbye, Tag. We should have Jane and on. And then Kay, in the same breath. I was going to say, I was in Kansas City, and I see Aditi, and I'm like watching her, and I'm telling her how great she is. Aditi goes on. All right, let's wrap it up with the Gatorade Chronicles. Yeah, so I went out to Tampa. I flew in to meet with the Gatorade people in their headquarters at IMG, which is like this huge compound in Sarasota, Florida. And they strapped me up to a breathing apparatus. I had the treadmill. They took my oxygen levels like and my carbon Bane. dioxide levels. And they tried to figure out what, how many carbohydrates and fat I burned during the workout. <laughs> that and is then, my nightmare. Oh, my God. And then they went out on the field, and I had this custom Burleson new GX Gatorade bottle system what? where the, it lit up little lights basically telling me how much I drank or if I'm not drinking enough. So when I got thirsty, I would run over, and it would show me where I was at. So basically wow. the testing showed – what I needed to drink and how much exactly I need to drink the to Jetsons. maintain the perfect level of hydration, which is absolutely crazy. You had the Bane masks, the Bane Jetsons mask. cup. What did Jetsons you learn? Cup. You need more fluids. Well, I had learned that like I, I burn a blend of both during my workout, uh, carbohydrates and fats, 
and that uh, I'm still in shape. To I was going to say, you're drinking good. a milkshake right now, yeah, so I'm it well, seems like everything worked out I worked, okay I did for a field Back to normal. You like an scared. actual actual practice, and uh, it felt good because I haven't ran and caught balls in a while, so they threw me like 30 balls. I caught 30 balls, and you know the, they clapped afterwards. You still got it, Nate. There's going to be some content. Nate, you caught 30 or you caught 29? I caught 30. Yeah, yeah baby. I caught everything they threw yeah, me. And I had a nice one-hander, which was crazy because after I caught it, you know I'm feeling good. And then, like a typical receiver, I'm waiting to see if anybody really, really noticed. There's like 20 people out there. And then you hear one guy say, that's it. That's the one we're going to show. Yes. Ah. So it was good stuff, man. I really enjoyed it. So uh, great, uh, great weekend. Thank you, Gatorade. And the content, the footage, the pictures will come soon. You're not going to leave us, are you? No, no, no. I'm not leaving for Gatorade. No, no, no. No, no. For the NFL. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> I Honestly, I worked Tell out. What, I, the Packers can use a couple of good hands I right now. I thought to myself. I could still play, but I don't think my body could last. But for one game, you could. I could, yeah. So somebody call me for the Super Bowl so I can get a ring. H-Town! Yeah. All right, we will see you guys uh, on NFL Network every morning, getting you guys set for Super Bowl countdown to H-Town. Hashtag GMFB. Where can you download the podcast? You can download it at Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Also, go to NFL.com slash podcast. Peace out.